0: Take your, time, take your time but don't you see As-salamu alaykum and welcome to episode 2 of this season of soul food where we're going to look at the limbs and in, in the last episode we talked about the heart and we talked about the importance the uniqueness what it's meant for the purpose of your very existence and what we're going to look at at this episode and in upcoming episodes is the relationship between the limbs, between what you do and between the heart. So we'll look at moral accountability, how we're held accountable by our Creator. And we'll look at the connection between the heart and limbs. And then we'll also look at how actions are based on the state of your heart. How what you do is really defined by the state of your heart. So let's jump right in, bismillah. Um, You know, moral accountability, which is known in Arabic as taklif, It is the affair of the heart. You are accountable based on the state of your heart. And we talked about last time how this is something unique given to human beings and given to to certain species that have this ability to choose the path towards God or to deny that altogether and reject that and choose another path. And this is the honor that they've been given that distinguishes them and that they can have a deeper and unique knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because of this faculty that's given to them. And this is referred to in the Qur'an as the trust that was given to human beings. And that it is a very weighty, serious, uh, consequential trust that we took on in the spiritual realm. And Allah says in the Qur'an, we offered the trust to the heavens, the earth, And the mountains, yet they refused to undertake it and were afraid of it because it has consequences. Then God says, mankind undertook it. They have always been inept and foolish. In other words, they were hasty and they said, we'll be the ones to take on this trust. And it is the trust of free will and choosing that path to God or not. So this is something that even the cosmos, the heavens and the earth and the mountains, that have these you know, very kind of majestic and powerful connotations, they didn't even want to take that trust because the consequence of rejecting it is so, is so uh, critical. So if someone rejects it and doesn't appreciate it by turning away from God, then they debase their own soul. And God tells us in the Qur'an that they fall to a degree that is even lower than that of the animal's. And God says, we have created many jinn and people who are destined for hell. Why? Because their hearts they did not use for comprehension. They had eyes that they did not use for sight. And they had ears that they did not use for hearing. They are like cattle? No, even further astray. These are the ones who are entirely heedless. It's like someone who's been given a very precious treasure and that they put dirt on that treasure. It is an even greater crime that you misuse a treasure that you've been given than someone who's been given something that's not very valuable, and they use it or misuse it. It's not that big of a deal. But the heart that you've been given is so precious that you have to use it in the, in the right way, and it's been used. It has to be used for God for that knowledge, for seeking the Lord of the heavens and the earth, for knowing the purpose of your existence. So God tells us that, but then there's this beautiful relationship between the senses and the heart. So he says they have hearts that they do not use for comprehension. And this is very interesting, that your heart has the ability to comprehend. They have eyes that they do not use for sight. And what is meant here by sight? It is spiritual insight. It is using your eyes to reflect upon the order of the universe, to reflect upon the signs of God and not misusing it or using it in a way that's heedless. They have ears that they do not use for hearing. They do not use their ears to to reflect, to seek knowledge, to learn, to ponder upon the Qur'an or upon uh, the prophetic teachings and so forth. So they are people who have been given all of these gifts but they completely use it in the wrong way So you see that there is this connection Between the heart and the comprehension of the heart And the use even of senses So when the heart is off When the heart is not being properly uh, properly aligned Towards the divine Then every other sense is misused Every other limb Every other uh, faculty that you've been given Is also, uh, you know imbalanced as well it's not aligned properly so this brings us to the connection between the heart and limbs so you kind of see that and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran tells us time and time again that the the eyes and the ears and the heart that all of these things are interconnected in verse uh, in surah 17 verse 36 Allah says truly the ears eyes and heart you will be questioned about all of these that you'll be questioned about your ears and what you listened to. And if you pondered and reflected, you will be questioned about your eyes and what you looked at and what you used that gift for. And you will be questioned about your heart. And this might be the aspect that is a little bit new to many of us. You're gonna be questioned about your heart. You'll be questioned about the state of your heart. You'll be questioned about the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you acquired or didn't acquire this gift that you've been given. Did you appreciate it? Did you use it in the right way? So everything that you do matters. Your hearing and sight are two doors that are open directly into your heart as the scholars of the Islamic sciences say. In another verse of the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that everything you do has a consequent a consequence on your heart. And that there's a result of that action in the hereafter. Allah says in Surah Al-Kahf, Surah number 18, verse 49, that the record of their deeds will be laid open and you will see the guilty, dismayed at what they contain, saying, woe to us, what a record this is. It does not leave any deed, small or large, unaccounted for. They will find everything they ever did laid in front of them. That the actions That people do in this world will be recorded and it will have an effect on their spiritual reality, their state with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they will bear fruit, uh, whether that fruit is positive or negative in the hereafter. So this brings us to the state of the heart and how actions are influenced by that. And scholars say that there's two instincts, there's two feelings that need to be controlled by the heart and those are primarily anger and desires. That your anger and your desires, that you need to control those and that they need to be controlled by the heart and used in a way that's pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So any acts of worship, you know, uh, especially the obligatory ones, fasting and prayer, that these are meant to purify our nufus. They're meant to purify our souls if they're performed with a heart that emanates faith. So that's the condition, that acts of worship, that there is this correlation, this directly proportional relationship, that what you do affects your heart and your heart affects what you do. So when your heart begins any act of worship seeking Allah, then that act of worship will be radiant will be luminous and will have an effect, a deeper effect on your heart. Allah says, O you who believe, fasting is prescribed for you as it was prescribed for those before you so that you may be mindful of God. So this is beautiful. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this verse says, O you who believe, O you who believe, so there is already the, the prerequisite of belief. Fasting is prescribed for you. For what reason? so that you can grow in mindfulness and consciousness of Allah, so that you can grow in taqwa. So fasting, this action, it should be preceded by belief, and the result of it needs to be God consciousness. The result of fasting is not that you're just hungry. The result of fasting is that it allows you to control your nafs, that it's coming from a point of belief, of seeking nearness to Allah, of iman, and that it's meant to bear fruit of increased awareness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that one of the amazing things about fasting, and we talked about this last year in soul food, is that it helps you control these two desires of the nafs that we talked about, anger and, and desires, right? these lowly desires. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says in, in a hadith quoting uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that a person leaves his food and drink and desires for my sake. That all of these desires that are bodily desires, that are something that we need, that they're controlled and that we leave them aside for Allah. For the purpose of drawing closer and nearness to Allah and reward from our Lord, glorious and majestic. And prayer is meant to do the same. It's supposed to increase us in consciousness of Allah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an, in that prayer restrains outrageous and acceptable behavior. But there's nothing outwardly in the prayer that makes a person, uh, prevents them from unacceptable behavior. If you look at it, the prayer outwardly is you move up and down, you bow, you prostrate, you say some verses of Quran, you say some invocations, and outwardly that's that's what it looks like. But if the heart is present in prayer, if it's preceded by faith, if you're seeking nearness to Allah, then it brings to fruition a greater sense of awareness of Allah. And it, a yearning to meet all, a deeper love of God. And that, that love strengthens you so that you move away from forbidden things that get in between you and your beloved. If you say, I love Allah and I'm yearning for Allah, and, and that's the starting point, then anything that gets in the way of that, or that is displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you become more naturally repelled from those kinds of actions. And this brings us to understanding that the greater purpose behind all of these acts of worship is the heart that this religion is not just about actions alone, but these actions are very important, that God would not make them an obligation upon us unless there was a great benefit, but that the benefit has to be related to the heart, that it's not about actions alone. Even if someone does all of the things outwardly, even sacrificing their life, but if in the deepest realms of their heart it wasn't for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then those actions are empty. So we need to have both. And I'm, I think you're probably starting to get an idea of the relationship between the two. So the starting point is the, is the heart, and the end point is that these acts of worship give us deeper and deeper levels of knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the Prophet tells us that about fasting Ramadan. Whoever fasts Ramadan faithfully, imanan, that your fast has to be from the starting point of faith. Iman and saban, and expecting reward from God, they will have all their previous sins forgiven. So the Prophet doesn't just say fasting alone, that if you just fast, then your sins are forgiven, but that you're fasting faithfully and expecting reward from God. And this is related deeply to the state of the heart. And Allah tells us that you know the the very reason the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi was sent was to purify the hearts of humanity that god has been truly gracious to the believers when he sent them a messenger from among themselves and uh, uh, who recites their revelations to them and who makes them grow spiritually that, والحكمة, that he purifies them and he teaches them the scripture and wisdom. That that is the purpose of the Prophet Muhammad coming to us. So this helps us understand the starting point and that ultimately all of this is about your heart's awareness of Allah subhanahu That this is all about God. This is all about the infinitely perfect pre-eternal creator of everything in existence and that your heart becomes aware and immersed in the realities of that awareness. So you see the relationship between the limbs and your heart, your acts of worship and the state of your heart, and that there's there's this direct relationship between them. So that brings us to the call to action. That when you're fasting today, or you're getting ready to pray Tarawih, or you're engaging in these very immense and and critical acts of worship, that you make sure that that action stems from the heart first and foremost. And that it's not just something that you're doing with your body or your limbs alone. That when you start off saying... This is for Allah. This is seeking nearness to Allah. This is so that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives me deeper levels of knowledge of Him and awareness of Him and mindfulness of Him and taqwa and ma'rifah and all of these deep, deeper levels of awareness which is only done through the heart, which is only uh, uh, given through the state of the heart. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us tawfiq. Thank you once again for listening. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you all and accept your fasting and make this a truly transformative Ramadan so that we come out with deeper levels of knowledge and awareness of him and that we're firmly rooted in the way of the Prophet. Peace and blessings be upon him. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all that and more. For indeed he is the most generous Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala sayyidina Muhammad Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi sallam as alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh as wa wa barakatuh